This is Alyssa Olenek of Little List Fitness. And I'm Kate, otherwise known as Coach Carmichael. We are PhD students, endurance athletes who lift, outdoors enthusiasts, and entrepreneurs. We believe the narrative of the fitness and wellness industry is often far too extreme. So forget about the black and white messages that you've heard. On this podcast, we believe that life is best lived in the messy middle. Welcome back to the Messy Little Podcast. Today, we are continuing the conversation with Yusra Iftikar of the DPT Diaries on Instagram. She just had so much good stuff to share with us. We really could have just talked with her forever. So if you haven't already listened to part one, go back and do that now. And if you have, then hope you enjoy our part two. Yeah. And I'd love to dive into um, something you said at the beginning of the episode where, um, you know, your interests, your your main three, like anti-racism, physical therapy, and, and mental health all intersect. Yeah. And I want to circle back and, and tie in all of those pieces together because you, you exist in all of those areas. And um, something I right. love about what we talk about on the Messy Middle podcast is not being one thing and you're not known mm-hmm. for one thing. You are a diverse human being with diverse interests. Um, yeah. And I think sometimes your your you know your interests don't have to coincide but yours really do in like a perfect triangle of like um you know people going to physical therapy are going to experience microaggressions they're also right. going that's going to affect their mental health and of course being in physical therapy ha- deals with your mental health and your wellness so um right. maybe can you speak to how um all three of those things intersect in your work uh, personally as a physical mm-hmm. therapist and what that looks like Yeah, I think I first saw it as a physical therapy patient. Um, I have pretty significant body image issues. Um, Even when I'm not in like the depths of my eating disorder, I struggle a lot um, to be in spaces where I'm not around people where like, honestly, you know, I was going to say I'm not around like my friends or people I trust, but genuinely it's around anybody. Even when I'm around Mm -hmm. my family, um, even when I'm around my closest friends, like the first thing I do is look at what a person looks like. And I don't mean to like judge them based on that. And yet it's always an insecurity for me. And interestingly Mm -hmm. enough, I am always, I always feel inferior to people who are smaller than me and people who are bigger than me. And so (laughs) that should be enough to tell me, oh, being big is not inherently a bad thing and you can still be beautiful. And yet it's not something that has clicked for me yet. So I knew that going into PT and yet I couldn't get back to dancing and running um, and was just really struggling with that. And so I knew I had to go to a physical therapist and that process was so anxiety inducing. I mean, it was Mm -hmm. such a struggle to be out in a gym space, especially like lying down on a table and like being in a more vulnerable position. Cause if I'm exercising, like, okay, I'm being active, I'm doing something about my health. But if you are having like a PT work on you and like to be touched, like that just became a huge thing for me. I went through certain traumas Mm -hmm. that, um, I don't really talk about. And since then, like, I don't like to be touched. And it's very interesting as a PT, like touching people all day long, um, but not wanting other people, like if someone's giving me a hug, I would rather initiate it. Um, and it's very like, I have a visceral reaction when someone comes and puts their like hand on my shoulder. And I know like, of course they intended to be like a loving gesture, but for me, like as a PT patient, it kept me so tense and that tension Mm -hmm. around my mental wellness was really bad for my recovery. I could not relax. I could not, um, you know, do certain things that my PT wanted me to do because of that tension and that anxiety and that focus elsewhere. So that was how kind of the mental wellness and PT part of it came together. And then I think, um, while I didn't necessarily encounter, uh, many microaggressions or racism as a patient, 
I definitely saw it. So um, you mentioned that blog post I wrote about the time that I was at Duke Hospital. I was working in an interprofessional um, clinic where just like help us practice as students, we could go in and like work with other professionals. Um, and we'd have mentors there from PT, but then also like medicine and nursing um, to like treat a patient who was kind of lower acuity. So it wasn't like they were going to like pass out in the emergency room and we could see them sooner than they would have been seen otherwise. And so um, it happens in the emergency room a lot. There's, there's literature on it. And yet I never looked it up until I saw it happen in front of me where mm-hmm. multiple times I saw uh, my patients who were black women not get prescribed the medication that they needed um, and that they weren't even requesting, right? So it wasn't like people were coming in asking for painkillers and then being denied and being thought like, oh, maybe they're like, you know, going to abuse it or whatever. It was like, they were like, I'm in pain. How can you help? And they would get lectures on, well, we don't prescribe this, this, and this, but then turn around and prescribe it to the next white, you know, young college student who walked in the door. And so I didn't realize just how, how much it's just, there all the time and like just Mm -hmm. like we were talking about how allyship doesn't have to be some big grand gesture it can be like little things all the time that's how racism works too and that it's not always over and like huge and like you're not always going to notice it but it's just there all the time which is why it's so exhausting to talk about and think about sometimes because then you think my god this is never gonna end (laughs) like where I'm gonna be talking about this forever and yet that doesn't mean it's not important Um, And so I think that it's very easy in PT that um, isn't the most diverse field in the world um, Mm -hmm. and actually ranks at the lower end of health professions when it comes to like racial diversity. It would be very easy for most people to say, oh, that's not important. That doesn't affect us. Um, And yet, like, we also call ourselves like the most compassionate healthcare professionals. And so it's really important to be able to step back and say, this is not about me. This is not, it doesn't matter whether I'm a doctor or or not. It doesn't matter whether I introduce myself that way or not. Like, this is about the patient. And your patient could be anybody who walks through the door. And I think that um, there were some PTs who really, who I like trusted enough to talk to about this stuff, who also treated me, who were able to kind of understand that when I put it into context and said, have you ever had a Muslim patient before? Have you ever had to ask them before me, how do I palpate under your hijab? Am I allowed to do that? You know, like what are the rules of like a man touching a woman and vice versa? And so Mm -hmm. they were like, yeah, you're right. Like I've never had that before. And I was like, well, you didn't know that like you were going to have a Muslim student in your cohort this year, or that you were going to have a Muslim student walk through your clinic door because this community isn't very diverse. And yet like here I am. Um, Same for my clinical instructors. We're all white. And so having a Muslim student who had to like go pray five times a day during clinic hours, figuring out how do I schedule patients around that, um, Mm -hmm. you know, they could have easily their entire lives been like, oh, that doesn't affect me. I'm not Muslim or I'm not brown or whatever. And yet then I moved to Louisville, Kentucky for six months of my clinical rotations. There weren't a lot of people around who looked like me and I faced racism in the clinic. And then it was my clinical instructor's job at that point to figure out, do I step in? What do I do? What do I say? What do I say to her? She's crying in the office, you know, like, mm. until like she, now she's scared she's going to fail this clinical because someone else was racist to her. And so um, I think it's just, if you haven't experienced anything that like a BIPOC person would yet, you probably will um, at some point, especially if you're in like a helping profession or if you're just working with other people, you never know who you're going to have the blessing to meet. Um, and so I think for me, that's how kind of all those things intersect is that, I think they intersect for everybody. Um, yeah. And I think that they are always there. So you just never realize how much something might impact other people. And that by that happening, it will impact you in the future. Yeah. So, and 
Sorry, oh, go, go ahead, ahead. Kate. Yeah. No, you go ahead. Oh, okay. Uh, well, I was going to say, I, I appreciated that your comment about um, how just your presence can be <laughs> educating in the field because um, you'd written a blog post about uh, how much a person can undress and how that changes your dynamic right. in physical therapy school where a lot of the times they say, okay, great, like dress down to basically your underwear and we'll be able to, you know, see the muscles a little bit better the, to mm -hmm. palpate and, and what not. And so, um, you know, you just being there and saying, you know, this is, these are my, you know, this, this is how much skin I'm willing to show or not, mm -hmm. um, that your, you know, cohort now had to practice a skill where when they see somebody who wants to um, remain clothed or, or undress less, whatever the reason be, right. that they now are more equipped to approach how they would handle um, that type of situation. And, and because like you said, you're not going to stop treating people because they refuse to undress. You, know? like, right, you right. have to address the person and whatever they bring to the table. So um, I really love that. And I I feel like we could talk about this for so, so long, and I'm trying to be a little bit mindful of the time, so um, it might be a little bit of an abrupt shift, but I do want to talk about your writing journey um, and sure. how your blog developed and how you are now, um, that's one of the services you provide is helping people write, and I, I think you write very eloquently, and it's... It, the way that you phrase things is powerful, which is why I keep saying that I want to quote you. Um, <laughs> and so um, I, I'm curious to know if your um, your writing prowess like developed over time, like when uh, you discovered that you you know had this talent, or how it developed, and uh, how you ended up sharing your skill set. I wish I could capture everything you just said and like put it in a bottle and keep it with me at all times because that was you the can because nice it's recorded. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Oh my god, good point. Um, that is probably the nicest thing anyone's ever said to me. I am someone who does not consider herself a writer. Like I don't consider like I say that in my like bio, but it's just to give people an idea of what I like to do in my free time. But um, at, like elementary school, hated writing, absolutely hated it. Um, and and it's funny because my like number one bucket list goal in life is to write a book. Um, but it comes from my third grade teacher had like, yeah, oh my God, we should collaborate. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, I want to write a book so bad. And like, every time I read a book, it doesn't matter what genre, it doesn't matter who it's for. Like, I'm just mm -hmm. so just, I, it's almost like mind blowing to me when I see other people's writing, no matter what it is. And so um, my third grade teacher put together a portfolio of our writing um, and I didn't even like her that much. And she, she put a sticky note on it that said, I look forward to being first in line to write your, to, to buy your published book. Um, oh my gosh. and that has stuck with me. I think I still have the sticky note. Um, like I said, third grade, mm -hmm. which was eons ago. And that since then I've been like, I want to write a book, but that never made me be like, Oh, I want to write online. And so for me, mm -hmm. I struggle a lot with sitting down and just writing, um, my writing sounds awkward. I feel like it makes no sense. And so I'm someone who more so writes, I, like I have to have pure inspiration, which is why my Instagram is inconsistent. It's why my blog doesn't have, you know, very many updates. It's, I would love to be, um, like an Alyssa, you know, and like have all these captions every day and like, be like, wow, like all of it makes sense and it's powerful and it's impactful. And it's like, Thank timely. You. <laughs> My experience growing up was the opposite. I was so embarrassed of my writing that I actually wouldn't even let people proofread of me because I'd rather get a bad grade than have to face my I writing getting yeah. criticized, yeah. which is funny because now all I do is get told how much I suck at writing and then share my other writing with 46,000 <laughs> people who come yeah. to it anyway. So thank you. But I will say I am an inspired writer. I think okay. I just 
get mm-hmm. I'm caffeinated and endorph- endorphined enough every day that it happens. Yeah. So, so the inspiration does, but I will say the more you do it, the more the, I am getting better at not relying on that. If that okay. makes sense. Yes, so as a detour, as a detour, that's hopeful for you one day. Yes, yeah. Yes, yeah. Well, I also want to say that's relatable. Like, I think, um, I don't, I've, cause I've written books uh, by writers who talk about mm-hmm. the writing process. I've never found some person that says that writing is easy, even when mm-hmm. we like, JK Rowling had to shut herself in a hotel room to finish the last Harry Potter book. <laughs> she literally paid for a very expensive hotel so that oh, she wow. would like, like wasting her money if she didn't write, you know? Yeah. So I think, um, I want to normalize that writing sucks even for good writers. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. I appreciate hearing that. And too, like, I think her story started with like her writing the first chapter on a napkin on a train or something like yeah. that. And so yeah. it shows that like inspiration, you, you know, kind of ins- yeah, exactly. And so, yeah. Um, but yeah, so that's kind of where um, my writing comes from is I write a blog post in my head and then I just, mm-hmm. if I'm lucky enough to be somewhere where I can capture it on my phone or my laptop, it becomes a blog post. So I feel like I'm constantly writing blog posts in my head and 90% of them never get written down either because I feel like I'm going to get in trouble (laughs) and they'll be too controversial or um, I just am in the shower or I'm on a run or like, you know, I'm doing something where I can't ever get, because if I try to remember later, it never quite comes across. Um, And that's why I love like podcasts and I love like talking to people because I feel like it is truly pure inspiration in that moment. I never prepare for interviews. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like my job interview. I didn't prepare. I didn't think about anything beforehand. I know not I everyone's that. comfortable, you know, living life that way, but I <laughs> would rather, you know, I feel like I know myself. And so she's on team Melissa. Yes, yes. Kate prepares for I'm everything. I think in, I think I literally think in Instagram captions all day long. So that yes. actually makes me feel better about myself. And then only every so often, that's why I can make content so often because it's like, I'm always thinking, but then I'm like, oh, I can't say this or "Mm, I don't know how to say that correctly. Or I'm like, it will go away because it's not that important. But then like 1% stick so that makes me yeah. feel less crazy because I think an Instagram caption absolutely because I'm a planner I like I definitely struggle with this and so I wonder uh from what you just mentioned that I- I've found a solution for me when inspiration strikes and I just sometimes my fingers can't type fast enough you know right. I, I'm sure you've yeah. been in that situation so I start voice recording and then writing it I down later that. and that has been like transformative even in my academic papers I'll get an idea and it'll be like when I'm supposed to be sleeping, you know? So I'll yeah. just like voice memo, remember this thing, you need to put that in your paper. <laughs> I think that's perfect. And I wonder if y'all write like Instagram captions or like your academic papers this way in that I've, I could not tell you the last time I wrote like an essay or a blog post start to finish. I always start mm-hmm. with like mm-hmm. a quote that like comes into my head and I like want to be in that. And I often write the conclusion first and then I'll go mm-hmm. back and do like the necessary evils of like having to write an introduction and to like edit it down and like, you know, um, but I've never written a paper. Yeah starting at the beginning conclusion first that's great the, yeah, yeah yeah um because that's why I'm like well this is what I want you to get out of it like that's what's important yeah. to me and so these are all the important parts um and then intro and all that stuff I find is like fluff sometimes um and mm-hmm. so yeah and so with like putting my writing online honestly like like I said it started out as a coping mechanism it was the only way I knew how to get through my own mental health struggles because I was moving a lot so like ending my master's program then coming to Indiana for a year, then going to Duke, then and like trying to find counseling is a nightmare. And trying yeah. to like have a consistent counselor who is allowed to treat telehealth in your state and just, oh my God. Um, and yeah. so I was like, well, I can't talk to a counselor right now. 
some of these things I'm embarrassed to tell my friends, some things I don't think they would understand and I don't think they can relate. Um, I didn't feel like I could really talk to my family about certain things just because of a cultural divide um, or I didn't want to worry them because I know that so they So let's tell so a bunch of strangers online. Is that your yes, approach too? Yes, 100%. That's the way. <laughs> let's get all my validation <laughs> from a bunch of strangers online. Yeah. Can't mm-hmm. tell my family, but you know what? I'm going to just tell 46,000 people about the time that I cried in a coffee shop my master's. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And you know, yeah, and yes, crying in a coffee shop. Boy, if I've been there. Um, It's my love language. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And I also knew that like, if strangers were reading these, like my deepest, darkest secrets, they weren't going to blame themselves, you know, whereas my Mm. parents might think, gosh, like, is this my fault that I say something? And so I didn't want to stress them out and make them feel like anything was their fault or their responsibility. And so, um, but in the beginning, I didn't share my blog with anybody. Um, So none of my friends knew. And because it was called Ease and Honor, and I never had my picture on there, I was like, technically, like, it is my name, but it's not. Um, and so it was a secret for a long time. And so actually some of those older blog posts, I think I deleted, I think they were a little bit too Mm -hmm. real, um, or just things that like, I just, I don't know, same sort of things. Like I didn't want my friends to worry and be like, Oh, this Mm -hmm. is how she was feeling at the time. Um, or feel like anything was their fault. So yeah. So some of those posts don't exist anymore, unfortunately before the name changed. But, um, yeah, I mean, I think that it's, it's something I struggle with every single time I put up a caption. So people Mm -hmm. who started their blogs after me or their Instagram accounts after me, um, have like triple as many followers as I do. Right. And I try so hard to remind myself, it's not about that. And like every person on Instagram says that, right. It's not about the number of followers, but like that gets in your head sometimes and you want people to like what you're saying so that you know that somebody read it. And so Mm -hmm. I still, even now, four years later, like don't have the engagement that I would like to have. Um, and that's entirely on me, like not putting in the time or whatever that you deserve. So everyone's (laughs) her right now. Like what what are you doing? It's not (laughs) you. It's the algorithm. And I can tell you how to hack it. I'll tell you how to hack it. Well, that's a whole nother conversation we'll do an episode where you teach me how to write like a legible human and then I give you like an an Instagram hacking advice we'll like trade off yes okay perfect oh I'm so excited yeah I need that for (laughs) sure um yeah so that's and I think I think honestly that is why sometimes I'm a little bit more unfiltered than I should be because I'm like well nobody's gonna read it And so if I had like no, challenge you should be. Should you don't be. have no, the no, crippling fear be. like I do I'm every day where like, oh my God, I'm going to get yelled at if I don't say the <laughs> yeah. right sentence in the right structure. Someone's going to like jump down my throat. So enjoy, right. enjoy where you're at because it's nice because now <laughs> no. I'm like, I'm like walking is a necessary human thing. People are like, how dare you talk about a number? And I'm like, I'm not <laughs> trying know. to hurt anyone. I'm not trying to hurt anyone today. So it's actually, I would enjoy sharing and growing by being vocal where you're at actually that's the advice I actually give to people in your position I'm like enjoy it now because you're going to be able to have a closer knit connection with your community where people are going to understand what you're saying more rather than misinterpreting or projecting onto every single thing you do because they're not always consuming your content as consistently so actually you are in a position where like you kind of can get away with doing that and it being positive and in the outcome so right right if that helps you you feel better I yeah. could not believe that walking post was controversial because when I saw it, I was like, oh, I don't have to walk as many steps as I thought I did. I, <laughs> okay. myself alive. <laughs> I actually get yelled at a lot for saying exercise is good, which for some reason, anytime I make a post that's supposed to like positively spend exercise, I actually get a ton of slack. And I'm like, I do not understand yeah. how that is controversial at all. Like I just, yeah. I, I, maybe I'm just too saturated in my field, but I try to be pretty like open and inclusive about how I apply exercise. But like exercise is for everyone. And people are like movement. I'm like, oh my God, 
sorry. I'm like, I'm so sorry. I didn't, I didn't, I'm, I'm use the cinnamon dictionary. And if you said maybe it's for everyone, there would be a whole nother camp of people that yeah, would say, sure. well, I, you know, so. Yeah, it yeah. just, it's so hard sometimes. So with that being said, I mean, I'm grateful to be in the position I'm in. I've worked very hard to get there, but yeah. I, I do miss when I was able to actually connect more closely with smaller circle of people in a way that sure. you felt like your words had my words maybe have a bigger, broader impact now, but not as specific, I guess, in a way. So I get that. And I think yeah. too, like, yeah, I struggle with that part too, of like being like, I want to be, you know, whatever, it, like I want this many followers and then I'll be happy. But then I also know that like, there have been times where like, I've had a tweet go like, not viral, but like maybe viral within the online PT community. And then it, obviously the more you say, the more you're opened up to um, backlash. And I think that like, mm respectful critique is so necessary but -hmm. I think sometimes people will like attack you or they'll troll you and they think that they are respectfully critiquing you and that they're being an academic about it and they're not and they're also not going to be the same people that are going to listen to reason about that either and so a lot of people will not understand that people actually correct me all the time my dms that are academics in the field around me or they'll add extra layers or be like oh do you see this and I don't rant rant or complain about it because I I welcome that so I think people forget that is happening behind the scenes and it's welcome, right. but it's the, the, it's the same thing. It comes back to what, I don't remember exactly what you said before, but the tone of things makes mm-hmm. a big difference. Like when I made a spelling error and someone like sat there and gave me a lesson on contractions, like I'm five, I'm like, I understand <laughs> how contractions work. It was a typo, but yeah. the tone could have just been completely differently stated yeah. versus like helpful feedback and I think people and everything that applies to our entire conversation today people completely mm-hmm. miss that it's the the tone and intention and then it ends up making the social media world very unhealthy for everyone involved the messy middle podcast will be right back after a quick word from our sponsors are you confused about what supplements you should actually be taking in a world full of juice cleanses detox teas fancy promises it can really be hard to trust anything But high-quality supplements, when dosed appropriately, can actually help support your fitness goals. And that's why I use Legion. I've been using Legion supplements since the beginning of this year, and after years of never really fully committing to one single brand due to lack of transparency in their labeling, unnecessary fluff, or just reporting things as blends and not knowing what's actually my product, I finally found a solid science-based product line that fits my supplementing needs. Legion's products are 100% naturally sweetened, and my favorite part, they are fully transparent in their labeling, and they use dosages that are actually backed by what the science says you need to be effective and support your fitness goals. And not the least amount you can get away with, and not just labeling as blends, but fully transparently telling you what's in your product and why they dosed it that way. And this is huge, because it lets you know exactly what you're taking and if it's actually going to be effective, and then you can know what's going into your body. My personal favorites are their cinnamon cereal whey. Yes, it tastes as good as it sounds. The mocha cappuccino plant protein. Pulse, their pre-workout, which comes in non-stimulant or caffeinated stimulant based. And Recharge, the recovery blend, which also gives me the creatine I need to move weights well in the gym. Legion offers 100% money back guaranteed if you're not happy with their products. And you can save 20% off your first order today with our code MESSYMIDDLE at checkout. That's M-E-S-S-Y. M-I-D-D-L-E at checkout to save 20% today. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And so, yeah, and I've always told myself, like, I would never want to be famous because, like, I cannot even imagine what people go through. Because I think, too, like, I don't know. I think this sounds more dramatic than it might be. But, like, as a person of color, like, as a Muslim in this country, it's very 
stressful for me when someone does attack me. Um, it doesn't happen often. And I think maybe that's why mm-hmm. I'm not used to being questioned, like not having my values questioned more than like mm-hmm. a handful of times. Um, but it really stresses me out because it makes me fear for my safety. Because I think that like, even if mm-hmm. the person who is saying something, like if they're in my field, if they kind of sort of know me, like they feel like it's harmless, but then who knows who like follows them and who they might yeah. be like then turning against me. And so, um, especially, you know, living in the Midwest and living in Indiana and like all of my clinical rotations were in like Kentucky and Florida and they were great. And yet weren't a lot of people who look like me there. And so, um, it does make me fear for my safety. And so like, I try to now follow some of the rules that like maybe don't even apply to me yet. Cause I'm still a smaller account, but like things like not posting what coffee shop you're at until after you're gone or something like that, mm-hmm. you know, or like not regularly posting like at the same place so that people don't know where to find you. Um, because it, it sounds silly sometimes. And yet like, people I know who are Muslim have been harmed because they are Muslim. Um, It's not silly at all. Cause even as just a woman, like, and I'm a white woman, I fear for my safety. And sometimes people like in my town Mm -hmm. will come up to me and they do it in a way that makes me feel unsafe. Cause I'm like, Mm -hmm. Hey, you recognize me and you know that I come here, but like the way you're telling me that you follow me or find me or see me makes me feel, or they'll be like, they'll like ask me where I, people will message me and ask me where I run or if they can run with me or like come Mm -hmm. meet up with me for coffee. I'm like, I don't know you as a human. You could stab me like in the parking lot. Like, like I'm like, and so I can't even imagine that extra layer of fear that comes with the backlash. Like even when I've posted some of my like joking controversial stuff, I've like Mm -hmm. feared that people are going to actually like try to like not even take my business down, but like actually come after me. People are so crazy. And I don't have that extra layer of fear on top of it. Just being a woman on the internet is scary enough as it is, let alone, yeah, yeah, like that's completely valid. Yeah, Yeah, like it was very recent that I made my Twitter account public again because it was public for a long time and then um, just the wrong one or two people found it. And after that, Mm -hmm. I shut all my social media down for a really long time. Then like I made a burner Twitter account um, that I don't follow anyone in the profession. Um, I only follow like celebrities and like politicians and stuff. Um, and I don't let anybody follow me and nobody knows that it exists because I was like, I gotta have some space where I feel like safe because I'm very sensitive mm-hmm. to like feeling like people are mad at me and stuff. And like, if somebody's mad at me or if someone doesn't respect me and I don't really know them or I don't need that person's respect, then fine. But if they start publicly questioning me to where people I do respect then start to question me um, and I start to lose their trust, that is very anxiety inducing for me. But yeah, like you said, like it's not even about if they wanted to like end my career as a physical therapist good luck you know I work hard enough (laughs) to where like I will find like you know I'll be fine but like yeah the threat of physical harm and like or the harm to my family um Mm -hmm. because I live Mm -hmm. with them like that's very stressful for me so it almost I almost felt safer when I would live alone um during my clinical rotations or live with a roommate um in PT school because I was like well my family's not here and so worst case it's just me Um, and so that is something too, that like, I feel like people need to take into consideration is like, you might be messaging an influencer or someone that like you even like it's like critique them or say anything. And it's like, to us, you're still a stranger and like, Mm -hmm. you could be the nicest person in the world. Or like you said, you could stab me. And like, I don't know that until I get to know you in real life. So like, while social media friends are a very real thing, like it's not everyone on social media is your friend. No, and the pair of social relationships start to get really weird sometimes because people are creepy. And even regardless of like fearing for your life, people can be, make you very, very uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. And like, and I'm sure for you, you might feel less like comfortable telling them that than like I might, you know what I mean? Like, cause it might bring a layer of safety in for you where like, I'm like, okay, well, 
I feel comfortable telling this person that this mm-hmm. is wrong or makes me uncomfortable or like, that's not mm-hmm. okay. Like, but there's that extra layer of like, well, do you even feel comfortable telling that to strangers right. on the internet? Right. Yeah. Right. It's, it's being nice to us on here. This is the moral of this. My God. Right. Yeah. <laughs> the whole thing is like, put yourself in somebody else's shoes and be a decent human being in that way. Yeah. But I, I hate that, that. Yeah. I hate that that like extra, like, like you literally fear for your family's life because of it. And that is so, that's Terrible. mentally, like I think about like the mental unhealthiness that yeah. I have with some of these fears around it, but like that adds so, that's like, I mean, that sits with you a lot. Like you're yeah. thinking about that all the time. Yeah. And I was going to say too, um, Caitlin, you just said like, put yourself in somebody else's shoes. How many times have we heard that since we were like five, right? And yet I think it's so right. important because I've been thinking recently about how I don't love the phrase, treat others how you want to be treated anymore, because some people will treat you a certain way and they're fine taking it back because they think that's, you know, yeah. like they think right. that they're helping you. Um, yeah. Or if you do give it back to them, all of a sudden they like shut down. And so they don't know that like they can't be treated that way. And so I'm very much like anti that phrase now. Um, and yeah. I'm just like, yeah, but think about it. Like try to be, because so, so whenever I like was bullied online, um, I was part of um, a national leadership group. So I held a national leadership position until like three weeks ago um, when my term ended and someone had said something that made me uncomfortable and it kind of made me look bad publicly. And so even if that wasn't that person's intention, like that's, that was the impact and Mm. all three of my mentors um, and like my supervisors are all white. And so it stuck with me a lot that like the one male in that group called me and said, look, like whenever this first happened, we were like, yeah, these things happen. Like, this is not a big deal. This person wasn't like threatening you. Um, But we also had to sit back and think, well, we're white. And like, how might this be different? Uh If I was a a person Uh of color, someone new in my field, whose like entire career was feeling threatened, and someone who was a woman. And I was like, I appreciate that you like took the time to be like, why, why might this be different? And is it, you know, rather than being like, well, I'm not offended, you know, or like, that happens to me all the time. And I totally agree. Well, why is this different? Yeah, I think yeah, that 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 statement should be burned. <laughs> like, yeah. it doesn't make sense because that's saying that all people are the same, and yeah, people are very different, right? So, like, you know, f- from from race, from just personality, like, treat somebody as you'd like to be treated. I'm an introvert. You're an extrovert. We yeah. don't take the same social situations the same. So, I right. mean, that it's ludicrous. Yeah, you're right. And, and that's why I love. Yeah. Sorry, go, go ahead. Go ahead. No, finish your thing. <laughs> I, I was just going to say, like, that's why I, I, people make fun of this stuff, but, like, I really actually love, like, the Enneagram stuff and, like, Myers-Briggs and, like, we, things like yeah, that. Yeah, we do, too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, okay. So, like, hardcore. And it's not, not necessarily, yeah, like, I know that you, like, identify as, like, an You're eight, a three, so, right? Yeah, I'm yeah. a three. I'm and a I six. Like, oh, I feel like I could have predicted that. Yeah. Um, and, and I'm a cancer, <laughs> so it is. <laughs> oh. Alyssa, what's your astrological sign? Go ahead and just guess. Are you a Leo? No. Oh, oh that no, she does have Leo energy too though, but you do have Leo energy. I'm not as good with the other ones. Oh, I think I'm it's a because Taurus. I am a Leo. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I'm like yeah. destined to be the world's most stubborn, bullheaded I love it. woman that there's mm-hmm. possibly I'm not into astrology, so I don't know what other yeah. people's personalities are. I just know the cliche Taurus traits. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, I'm a Taurus and an eight. So like I was just yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think that's so yeah. So I don't know much about astrology either, other than the Leo stuff, and I think that's very much a Leo quality. Are you a Leo? Not really care. Yeah, I'm a Leo. Okay, yeah. my fiance is a Leo too. Like oh. I'm literally telling you, you guys, we are destined. Yeah, to be he's Peter's a three, right? Yeah, and he is a three too. Yeah, oh, I just realized that. Yeah, yeah, he's a three and oh a Leo too. 
Wow. See, and I love that. And so the reason I love these things, I was telling someone this last night, I was like, I feel like I'm a decently like self-aware person. I self-reflect yeah. a lot. I have anxiety that forces me to self-reflect a lot. Um, and so it's not necessarily that I like want to get to know myself better through those things, but it helps me so much with my communication with other people. So like, if mm-hmm. I know you're a six, I feel like I have a better sense of like how to approach you about a conflict that we might have, you know, because yeah. I, you're going to maybe interpret it differently than I will. Like, I don't like talking about my feelings. I don't want to talk about the feeling side of things. I just want things to be solved and done and for us to move on. That might be different for a six. Um, mm-hmm. And an eight might want to yell about it instead. And so yeah. you know, I just want to, I want to, I want to think about it, get it out of my, unless it's relevant yes. to me, get it out of my face or come to me with a, a solution. Or yeah. honestly, like, yeah. I'm like, I literally, yeah. you lot of you come up to me like, Alyssa, you're being a bitch this week and you fucking suck. I'd be like, okay, <laughs> <laughs> like, like sweet, let's the problem solve. Like, yeah. like my yeah. professor's feedback on my writing is so harsh. I'm like, okay, well, I guess this is what I suck. So let's get, make it better. Yeah. Like, we're and, like, I, and I'd be like, yeah. emailing them being like, are you mad at me? <laughs> you know, that's <laughs> my personality. So yeah. And so that's why I love that stuff. Cause I'm like, okay, yeah, not everybody wants to be treated the way you want to be treated like that. Absolutely. I feel like after 28 years of hearing that it was like literally last week that I was like that's kind of weird why do we say that a lot (laughs) but that's how I got into the Enneagram is I just like didn't have a healthy work environment and or even the places that were healthy I just was like because in grad school there's a lot of emotions that overlap and egos and people and I'm sure you saw that but I was like well if I could like I know you're not supposed to like type people but I was like if I can get Mm -hmm. an idea an idea of what their underlying drives and motives are maybe I can be even to people I don't like, I can be more forgiving. Yes. So then for me really ended up being selfish. So I could be less angry at the end of the day because I'm no, really like, angry all the time, but it would make me less explosive with people when I'd yeah. be like, okay, you just suck for this reason and you're unhealthy in this regard, but that's why you're mm-hmm. doing this. So then I could be like a little more understanding, but then it also helped me too, because being a teacher and a mentor, I'm like, mm-hmm. I come off so intense to people, but I didn't understand at all how people perceive me until I read the Enneagram and I was like, fuck, mm. these are all my problems laid out in front of me. But it helped yeah. me be able to like be healthier in how I acted towards people, but also giving mm-hmm. people more grace and understanding and that they don't all function, especially being an eight and threes kind of have that same energy where you're very future oriented, mm-hmm. like success driven, like focused on everything next, next, next. And like yeah. not everyone can be that way. And I recognize that because a world right. of that would just implode. But like being able to be more patient with other virtues and drives and things like that. And that helped a ton. So I know people think it's like woo, but I was like, I think for, if you use it correctly as a self-awareness tool with others and yourself, it can be very positive. And I wonder if y'all have found that like, it helped me to be more self-forgiving too. Like when I do focus on Instagram numbers or when I wonder like, Mm -hmm. why can't I be like this person? Or is it because I'm not, I don't look this way or whatever. Like, is that why people don't like me? And it's like, okay, it's okay that I'm like kind of driven by some of these things. Like this helps explain it. And also other people are like out there like me as well. Not not crazy, not selfish. Yeah. yeah. As a sixth and a cancer, nobody wants to be those signs or those enneagrams. Like no one wants <laughs> to be the emotional mother. It's like what my my but astrology we need this Right. But it's helped me lean into like, okay, because I think I spent my entire life like trying to avoid being that person, you know, mm-hmm. and like mm-hmm. refute who I was. And I we can all relate to that in some level. And yeah. so yeah. discovering those things about me and and realizing the potential in their strengths has been helpful for me to like, even in this podcast, we joke because like Alyssa's like the, I'm going to rant at you and I, I'm just going to like talk to you really gently and like, <laughs> be supportive, you know, like that's my role. Yeah. And, and that's but it's funny too, because like I spent my entire life, like I joke, like I feel like I spent my teenage years, like my throat burned like, from holding back who I was so much. And I just mm. got to the point where I was like, 
I, I, and I, now I open my mouth and fire flames come out because it burns. So much. <laughs> but like, but it's so funny. And it kind of goes back like similar into you saying that people value it now. It's like everything that mm-hmm. I was shamed for, I'm now valued for because it's right. cool. You know what I mean? Like it's cool mm-hmm. to be, because in business and fitness and social media, all the traits that I was spent 20, probably three years of my life being blatantly shamed to my face for are mm-hmm. now accepted and cool. And it's like, I'm proud of myself for staying true to that. And that's a very eight thing. Yes. You know what I mean? Like, and I recognize that. So like I can give myself forgiveness for the fact that it was just others projecting things onto me and those values and virtues were never bad, but mm-hmm. they were unhealthy because I was young. You know what I mean? But no mm-hmm. one sat me down to be like, Hey, these are, but I have that teacher, like you're one with writing. And I was in first grade and my mom still tells me today because she just she's like Alyssa's a natural born leader and she's gonna go do all these things. She's never gonna be happy unless she's doing this kind of stuff. But it was yeah. like those few people who believe in you when you're younger and right. like speak to those mm-hmm. things that stick with you. But I think it's for all of us. Like we were probably all shamed or embarrassed or hated these things about ourselves. But when you learn about them and you give yourself grace for them, you can recognize that like everything can be used as a good or a bad thing or strength or weakness. Yeah. It's just how your relationship with it and how you if you're healthy in that trait. Yeah. Yeah. And I think too, like, it's so interesting how personalities can kind of go in and out of trend or like passions can, I should say. Yeah. Um, just like, I mean, what the ideal body was 10 years ago is not the ideal body now. And it's not going to be 10 years from now. Mm-hmm. Same thing with fashion, like anything. So I feel like that kind of really speaks to the importance of living in your own like messy middle, just because um, trying to like, either trying to go to extremes to please somebody else or just living in an extreme where then you are then harming yourself. Like at some point, like, stay true to yourself because at some point you're going to get to a point where like that is what people like love you for and they want to to be that way um because because people can sense a genuine person and they can sense someone who is like true to their values and their passions and I feel like that for me is a huge reason why I don't plan ever is because I feel like one I'm very disorganized but two I feel like because I know myself and I know that now I understand what my values are and it took me a really long time to get there but now that I understand myself, I understand how those then like can, can, I can adapt to any situation. Cause I will always hold true to who I am and my values. And I don't need to, you know, I don't know. I feel like I don't need to like, um, be defined by whatever's around me anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, and whatever somebody else tells me I need to be or look like, or talk like, or talk about, um, I think it's I a like lot of maturity too. Change. Cause you're like 28. I'm 28. Okay, yeah, yeah you're like about our age. And I think uh, Kate's a little, Kate's a baby still. Um, he's 25. Aww. Not that it's that different, but like, I feel like, I don't know. Your late 20s is just like when you're like, you just literally stop trying on anything you tried in your 20s. I think 25 on, I think once I hit 25, I felt like I reached that mountaintop. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Of like all that self-growth and climbing. And I'm obviously mm-hmm. still growing and learning and getting to know myself and making myself healthier sure. and better versions of that. But I feel like you just stop caring about it. So instead of like riding every single wave, you just learn to dive below it. You know what I mean? Like yeah. kind of like that metaphor. Like you're like, and so you kind of learn what you're, I mean, we joke about this in business about having your core pillars or values that you have. But like, right. I know that like, if I lead with authenticity, I'm always going to do the right thing. That's true to me. And if I lead with yeah. that always, no matter the circumstance or like the season or the thing, mm-hmm. then as long as I'm not reactive and I pause and like make the choices based off that, then I'm mm-hmm. always going to do the thing that's the most true to me. And I think we all have our yeah. own individual versions of those values. But like, I think you kind of learn that and then you stop 
like responding to everything. So like, you don't, it's like that, you know, you go from extreme to extreme because you're just, right. you're just floating in the middle. Yeah. Yeah. I'm yeah. I'm single and unmarried and that like really scares people that I'm like approaching 30. And yet all of my friends in their thirties are like, Oh my God, your thirties are the best. <laughs> like, you yeah. know who you are. Like you're not willing to put up with BS anymore. Like you can filter that out and the people that you surround yourself with, like, you know what you're working towards. And they were like, Oh, it's so much better. So I was like, yeah, I'm going to look forward to that. I'm not going to stress out. That's about what it. I hear too. Yeah. I love yeah. that. Okay. Um, I realized that we have been going for a while and I know we could keep going, but we, we, there's like so much stuff that you have listed that like, you were like, I want to talk about this that we didn't get to, but I don't, yeah, I don't think good. We'll just have you have you back on to talk about like everything else. There's so much good stuff. I am down. But if you guys, if you don't, because of this, I mean, we love her page. Make sure you follow the DPT diaries, read her blog, reach out to her. You don't have to be I mean, interested in physical therapy to like learn from her no. areas of wisdom. Like go follow. Even some <laughs> of the tips you give, like I think you reshared it today, like your list of prioritizing things and like what you do yeah. and like even little yeah, stuff like trans- that. It's yeah. relatable to every single human. And also I feel like on this podcast secretly, we're gonna have to make a quiz where like it's the messy middle, but everyone's either a Kate and or Alyssa. Like I feel like the, <laughs> the the messy, loud, crazy people have like will definitely like pull so much out of this conversation. We have a lot of mellow people on here. John was a little more mellow. Um, Bethany's a little more mellow. So I'm happy to have another like a little bit of a fireball <laughs> on yeah. this. But so if you guys like that energy, but then I think you have a lot of like very good perspective, like Kate's side of things where like you have like that. Is she the messy more- middle of us? Maybe she might be. You might be the perfect mess in the middle of us. I was gonna say because you are you're a little more like with that soft and the mental health and the advocacy where I'm just like bulldozing through life. (laughs) You have that that zest too. So maybe you're the perfect mess. Okay, new third edition podcast. New permanent co-host because <laughs> we found the med- the middle of the messy middle. Man. Oh my god, amazing! Because if this was a scale of one to ten, I think I would be a three and Kate would be a seven and you would be a five, mm. right? Like that's where it would land, number. right? Well, you know what I mean. Like the like I'm trying to evenly distribute. Well, you could it. do it backwards, where like I'm literally a three as an enneagram. You're an eight. Oh, oh no, that doesn't work. Just kidding. No. I messed up because I have to be the middle. I'll adopt a seven personality. <laughs> I don't even know what a seven is. I have such I a strong seven wing, though, that it's like, I think I got that uh, cover for everyone. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay, if you okay. read like an eight wing, like Thank the seven, you. like sometimes I'm so much, I have such seven stuff that I actually had an identity crisis once. I was tipsy off one beer because that's who I am as a person. <laughs> and I texted Tatum and I was like, oh my God, am I seven? Is my entire identity shattered? She's like, you're not a seven, Alyssa. She's like, but your your wing is just so strong. She's like, but those aren't your drives. Because I questioned every drive I had for my entire life. Because I like I just was like, I don't know, just in that, and that was like, wait a second. I was like questioning my sanity. And she was like, yeah. no. She's like, you just you just are very, you're winged. And I was like, sweet. Okay. Good night. Going to bed. Okay. Not to keep y'all here forever, but I know it's fine. Cause we have time. Go ahead. <laughs> so this keep is why forever. I love the idea of like me being in the middle of y'all because my, um, so the, the first time I got into Enneagram was one of my best friends. She's a PT down at uh, Duke and she's like super into this stuff. And for my birthday, yeah. she sent me the honest Enneagram book and it's so thick. Yeah. Um, I need to go yeah. through it. But, um, so she was like, you're a six, like, hundred percent because she was like I'm a six you're definitely a six like I see it in every trait every trait she told me I was like yeah you're right Mm -hmm. um and then I was working with Tatum on branding and Tatum was like yeah all my clients are eights (laughs) and I was like going through this like phase um like earlier this year where I was like I think I'm an eight like I was like I just don't give a Fuck, like about yeah. other people's like, <laughs> opinions anymore. Okay, um, and I 
was like, yeah, screw it. Like, I'm going to speak my truth and blah, blah, blah. And so I've definitely, like, been identified as both. And then I, like, I had, uh, I think I took a, tw- a quiz and it was, like, heavily a three. And I told my, like, sixth friend about it. She was like, oh, yeah, you're right. I could see that. And then she now, like, yeah. makes fun of me for being well, an influencer. Well, moved towards six and nine, I think. Yeah. Do they? Help, actually. I think it's six and nine. When you're a healthier three, you move towards a six, which is a joke because my fiance is a three. And I'm like, you move towards me when you're doing good, baby. You know? Like, <laughs> you want to care for people. Obviously, that's, like, your yeah. good point. And then – um uh for for threes moving towards nine is when I think it's nine healthy. it's peacekeeping and so um oh, that, I could see that a person yeah. who is a nine you know they have their strengths with with peacekeeping but as a three right. moving to nine is you're being complacent you're not speaking your right. truth well i hope you guys enjoy we were really all perked up at the end there which well, is I was fine say- like really- <laughs> <laughs> well, before, i want to throw it um Let's see. Okay. So be- before we close, basically, is there anything else that you would like to say that we didn't cover that you would like our audience to know? Um, and then also tell us them where they can find you, how they can work with you if they are looking to get their, your, your editing powers um, in terms of their oh. writing. I'm not kidding oh. when I say that I'm going to hire you to edit my dissertation. <laughs> I am so ready. I'm so down. I pay you a butt ton of money because it will be hefty. <laughs> That's yeah, great. you had me a butt ton of money. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I'm just kidding. Um, yeah, no, honestly, I think that I think we covered a lot of really great stuff. Um, you know, I think that your listeners is my guess is are the type of people that want to learn anyway, you know, are very open or very um driven people. And I just love that. So, you know, just to everybody listening, like, thank you so much for being here and being open and kind of giving me grace. Um, as I'm a little bit more vulnerable with some of these topics, it's not easy and it is anxiety inducing every time. It never really gets easier um, to talk about the stuff because there will always be people who I may, I might offend or things like that. So, you know, just wanted to say like, that's never my intention. Um, and, you know, everything comes from a good place. And of course, if there's anything I can ever clarify, please do reach out to me. Uh, yes. Yeah, so I'm available on Instagram at the DPT Diaries. That's kind of where I am the most. Um, I also have a blog at the DPT Diaries.com where I offer my essay editing services. So if you go to the DPT Diaries.com slash shop or you can do slash services um both will lead you to uh my options so i do like personal statements and supplemental essay editing but if you have an essay that's like doesn't really seem to fit either of those categories like you are more than welcome to message me um i've got about 10 years of kind of like unofficial essay editing um under my belt but i have also like taken courses and made sure that i'm up to date on things like Alyssa, you were just talking about like the word while can't start a sentence. And I actually did not know that. So that is something I'm going to incorporate. Oh, I didn't know because I did it 30 fucking times in my proposal. (laughs) My entire edit is just my professor went through my entire document and put the word fragment. Dr. Jenkins listens to this podcast sometimes. So Dr. Jenkins, (laughs) you're a great advisor. But it was just like, I was like, Alyssa, how how did you not know this? How did you not know this? So that makes me feel a little better. I think you can use while, but it is a very specific case. So mm, I, okay. Anyway. Yeah. And so, <laughs> yeah. So through my essay editing, I try my best to like preserve a person's voice because I think especially as you're writing an admissions essay, it's not necessarily an academic paper. So like when yeah. I write essays to be like for scholarships or um, uh, like various programs, like I just applied to a residency, I start sentences with and and but and like, you know, things that like yeah. get across what I'm trying to say in the way that I'm thinking it rather than something that's like very prim and proper. So um, in terms of like 
grammar, spelling, all that stuff. Like I got you, but also if you want to make sure that you want to like preserve your voice and your message, like I'm here for you as well. And um, I think that's super important. Um, but yeah, that's really the, the kind of like core of like what I offer in terms of a service. But you know, if you like my message, stick around, follow me <laughs> and you please, know, please feel free to reach out to DMs anytime. Absolutely. And I, I just want to like commend you on just being a gracious person. I think you're the first person to like thank our listeners and speak to them Aww. directly in an end message to like just make sure that the the way you communicated came across clear. And I just that just speaks to her character. If you couldn't already <laughs> freaking tell, um. So yeah, I just want to commend you there. Um. With that though, it's time for our final game, this or that. So while we truly believe that life exists in the messy middle, for the sake of fun and irony, uh, we like to close the show by forcing our guests to rapid fire choose between contrasting things. Today's this or that items were selected for you based on the stalking that we did. Are you? Ready? <laughs> I am ready. Also, just side note, um, I didn't, I normally have that speech pasted and I just realized that I now can recite it from memory. I was going to lie say, I was like, Kate, where did you get yeah. that from? Whoa. It's not a document that I'm, I'm looking at. I'm like, myself. <laughs> I'm not saying we're getting better. Season two is about to be lit. Like, like we are <laughs> oh on it. Oh my goodness. Oh, okay. Ready? All right. I'm ready. Cats or dogs? Cats. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I, think I, just, I think I just lost like half my fan base. No, it's okay. We can love cats too. Um, I had okay. a great cat going up. No, I, you, you're fine. Yeah. I will um, say, so to give a little context, like a yes. lot of Muslims don't own dogs um, for like other reasons that we can totally get into. I think dogs are fantastic. Mm -hmm. Man's best friend, et cetera, et cetera. I am very scared of dogs. I never grew up understanding how to pet a dog. The first time I tried, I got bit really hard. So that is my- I'm in Kate's house because Rocky is so far up my nostrils when I get in the door. <laughs> Yeah. No, I, I really do. I actually had a fear of dogs before um, when I was growing mm. up. I had like a terror dream of a dog attacking me like when I was five years old over and over and over again. No. For no, I don't know, but I apparently we're good now because I have a crazy insane puppy. So, um, <laughs> okay. Jim and Pam or Michael and Holly? Oh my God, Michael and Holly, y'all, I can't stand Jim and Pam. I don't like oh, them. Are you on the team of like, Jim's actually like a bad guy? Yes. Yes, yes I am. And I could go on and on. I won't, but I will. And Wait, I literally want to just do a junk episode of you and Kels coming on and just talking about The Office. Can we just have an Office slam down yes, show? Because what, fun fact. is she on? She, I don't know because she, but she's a big office fan. But I don't know okay. if you know this, but my mom and family is from Scranton, Pennsylvania. Look at that look. See, so yeah. do this it's episode. Crazy. Yeah, off the oh office God, junk episode. Like I literally like grew. I lived yes. in Pocono for like three years. Like I go to Scranton every year on my life. It's like I, my mom went. <laughs> I've been to the Steamtown Mall. I've been to like Scranton. My mom no. went to the University of Scranton. Like, like these things are all real. <laughs> awesome. Yes, Jim is not a great, good guy, and Pam is only there to play his love interest and has no value. Oh my I'm so sorry. <sighs> Get him. Okay. Okay. I love it. Okay. We got to keep going. <laughs> yeah. <sorry>. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to have to rewatch The Office for the fifth time just for this episode. Okay. Continue. Yeah. Uh, scrubs or business casual? Business casual. Yeah. Yeah. You I'm do like have good fashion. So like, I hey, thanks. I think you should like start fashion DPT blogging like, on that. that oh, on that note. DPT. You are the only person who thinks that. I feel like you have Caitlin? like, oh. I said OOTP of the DPT. Oh my gosh. I think stop. I just really like your Love color it. choices. I don't know. I feel like every, you always have like cool sunglasses and then the cardigan. I'm a big cardigan junkie. Oh, so yeah. I feel like you always have like good cardigans. I don't know. And I really, I don't know. Maybe, maybe it's just because you dress, 
you have the same, you have the simple lazy list fashion, like yes. as me basically, where it's just like you own a, like 17 sweaters of like the same thing, yes. but they're cool colors. Okay. Yes. So maybe this is, they're it. all blazers. <laughs> and so people think I'm really like professional because I wear a lot of blazers, but they're all like comfy blazers. And so it doesn't matter what you throw on under that. Cause everybody always just looks at the blazer and thinks you're yes. like professional. Okay. So, yeah, so I've clearly been doing. Kind of <laughs> <laughs> no, no, you can't take it back. I'm starting that account. <laughs> Yes. Amazing. Okay. I think you, you gave away your answer to this already, but journaling or blogging? Um, you know what? Journaling. (gasps) Okay. Yeah. Yeah. In the last two weeks. Yes. I I didn't understand what journaling was supposed to be. So I thought I had Mm. to like do it a certain way, you know, and it just Mm -hmm. gave me anxiety, but now I just use it for whatever. So if I need to make a pros and cons list, it goes in my journal. And so it's kind of like bullet journaling where it's like kind of a mishmash, but I, I always start my journals with Dear Diary, which like sounds, you know, childish. Uh, and yet, I saw you makes, post about that the other day. Yeah, it yeah. makes me feel, so it has very like Tom Riddle vibes where I feel like I'm talking to somebody, you know, and like that's how I always process information is by talking it out with a friend. And so if I feel like friends aren't available right when I need them, then if I talk to my diary and I'm just telling it information that like is either stressing me out, I'm trying to make a decision. I can, I feel like I've, I'm so grateful. I've got, finally gotten to a place where I feel like other journal, journalers get to, uh, which is you put your thoughts away and then you get to go back to whatever mm-hmm. you're trying to deal with. So I have a really hard time focusing when I'm reading a book. Um, so I don't read a whole lot. And so lately I've been reading a ton because I've been able to journal before I start reading and then I can focus on what I'm reading. Okay. Yeah. I also have a tangent question about this because I just, yes. this. do you, are you the type of person, cause you said you, you do it to put it away. Do you go yes. back through your writings from past or do you just like I do move on to new notebooks and never open them again? Yeah. So I'm not, I'm not a super consistent journaler to where I like have enough write, written down, right but up. I think if I were to go based off my blog post, I would say I probably wouldn't go back just because mm-hmm. it is a coping mechanism rather than like a true like yeah. writing exercise, you know, so yeah. even my blog posts are all for me to cope with whatever I'm dealing with in the moment, not necessarily what my readers need me to write about, which is why I think <laughs> I struggle sometimes as a blogger. Um, but, but yeah, I think I probably, probably know, but I think if I can be consistent enough to where it's like 10 years from now, I think it would be really cool to have something, you know, physical to get to reflect on. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Okay. Oh, we'll continue. (laughs) (laughs) Coffee or tea? Coffee. I'm team coffee. Yes. Reading or writing? Writing. Okay. I also want your good read. I know you have your good read linked and I want your uh, we just need to link that too and your book recommendations <laughs> totally to yes and I think my writing gets better the more I read so I will no, say that's, that's kind of that's, a non-answer that's my academic advice to every grad student because like yeah. I'm not naturally a good writer and they're like how do you write and I'm like yeah. well you need something to write about first so yes. and I feel like the more knowledge you have the more you have to write about or on yeah. a topic or whatever or in general but even yeah getting other people's language helps and I'm currently reading a book by Ronan Farrow and it's a very controversial book and yet like so you know content aside his writing style is exactly what I aspire to and it's my first time reading something by him and I'm amazed like my jaw stays on the floor yeah. while I read that book it was over 400 pages and I finished it within three days and that is not typical for me um and so now I understand better like how I want to write in the future so like hopefully mm-hmm. god willing if I get to write a book one day that's where my writing is going to come from is going to be inspiration from like somebody else who's already done it really well. Yeah. Amazing. Okay. Uh, Twitter or Instagram? 
Instagram. Uh, I think Twitter has become a little bit of a black hole of yeah. like anger and rage, but Twitter is a lot funnier, and that is my stress relief. People I think I rather I like Twitter. consuming Twitter and creating on Instagram. Mm, okay, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, I'm I'm think... the opposite. I would okay. rather rage tweet, and then Instagram <laughs> creation is a little bit more. Um, it feels a little more high stakes to me almost on Instagram because it's like a mm-hmm. post and a picture and a caption, whereas a tweet kind of gets lost in all your other tweets. Yeah. Duke or UNC? UNC, baby! <laughs> yeah. Go <Heels>. <laughs> <laughs> Yes. Go to hell, Duke. Ra Ra Carolina. Oh, oh shit. <laughs> forever and ever. Even my shirt's Carolina Blue right now. I love that you're seeing that. You're like really into sports because I feel like all these, like it shows, like I like that. Like I like when people. I, I, maybe this is just me projecting because this is how I am, but I like when people's personalities don't make sense because they have so many varying <laughs> hobbies and interests that like I don't love that go so together. Much. I yeah. love people that don't make sense because I'm like, why are we only making ourselves one thing? So you're like, oh yeah, I have all these things. And also UNC basketball. <laughs> like, I get very yeah. nervous about people, like I said, being mad at me. Like I do not like any fractured relationships, but I will drop a friend over UNC Duke. And <laughs> oh, I God, recently had... I recently had my um, 10-year high school reunion virtually, and I messaged a guy right after, and I was like, hey. So he went to Duke for undergrad, and we were having, so my roommates and I were the ones that always had the, like, viewing parties for the basketball games, and we had them for every game. Didn't matter if we were playing, like, a no-name school or, like, a big school like Kentucky, mm-hmm. Kansas. And so he was over watching some stupid game, like, a game that did not matter, Um and we got into a fight and then we just stopped talking for years. And, and it was, he, and so it's so funny. It was because I had said something against Duke on Facebook and he corrected oh, no. my spelling of a word and it made me oh, so no. mad. And I got like at the core. Of, and so I texted him after um, my high school reunion. And I was like, Hey, I don't know if you remember this. I am so sorry. Like that was so immature. And he was like, Oh no, I don't think it was your fault. I think it was this other guy anyway. So we're cool. And I was like, all right. Whatever. <laughs> so yeah. So I get very heated when it comes to sports. Last one. Yeah. Friends or the office. Oh, the office. Yeah. Okay. We figured, but we weren't sure. We weren't sure. Yeah. We. I tried to think of another like comedy show that people pit. Sorry, my dog is barking. You're good. Um, I tried to think of another comedy show that people. Rocky. (laughs) (laughs) People. And I feel like the most like debated is Friends or The Office, and for me, it's like no office. I think I think Friends is super funny. Like I want to be the Chandler in everybody's life, but you know, The Office has got the diversity. And yeah. I think you just cannot argue with some of the like, oh my God, it's just, it's chaos in a TV show. Some, like, and I love it so much. stellar quotes in the office yes. that you just can't, can't get with friends. Come on now. Until next time, we want you to live well. Demand better. And stay messy. Thank you guys so much. Make sure you follow the DPT Diaries on basically everything, which is the <laughs> website, the Instagram, but uh, I mean, I really hope you guys like, this is a very fun episode. This is a two hour one, which is exciting. Cause I just like, we had so much to talk about. I feel like to quote stepbrothers, do we just become best friends? Yes. Um, <laughs> but if you guys enjoy this episode, make sure to follow her on all platforms, give this episode some love, share. I think this is an episode that you really should all share with your feeds. Cause I think a lot of people will gain a lot from this. Um, and as always, if you enjoyed this episode, rate, review, share your friends, your dogs, your parents, your family, and get the message <laughs> out there. Thank you Cat. so much. We'll see you next week. Thank you. Cat inclusivity. That's what I want to talk about. Oh, cat inclusivity. <laughs> oh my God. Okay. Well, thank you guys so much. I hope you laughed as much as we did in this one.
Thank you all.